Hi, this is Dan Sullivan. I'd like to welcome you to the Multiplier Mindset Podcast. Today's Free Zone Frontier transformation story is Betsy Helmuth, and Betsy comes from Dobbs Ferry in New York. Betsy told us when we were interviewing her that she had actually started her career as a bartender, but she had a passion. She had a passion for design, uh, especially things like curtains and other things that people would use for interior design. And she just developed at a certain point, she stopped being a bartender and she started to do this full time, going from one customer to another customer, from one project to another project. And she just became a successful interior designer. Now, what was missing from this story is she never went to interior design school and she never got any accreditation. And yet people are calling her, phoning her, asking her to come in, asking her to do their interior design. Betsy said that one of the obstacles that she has faced here is not so much what other people think about her in terms of her own accreditation or her own education or her own training, but what she thinks about herself. And she said, you know, I really haven't sold myself up to my actual value in the marketplace. People really, really would pay me more. And now I'm starting to close in where I'm starting to ask for the money that actually represents my true value. Pricing is totally psychological. If you think you're worth it, other people will think you're worth it. Now, I have to tell you that one of the things that I've found since I've been coaching, which started in 1974, is that entrepreneurs tend to be a lot smarter than their education would tell you. And some entrepreneurs, and I have a ongoing set of examples of entrepreneurs who say, I don't have a college degree. And they would ask me, do you think a college degree is really important? I said, oh, I think a college degree is absolutely important. And they said, you do, because you don't talk that way. And I said, no, no, it's very important to have a college degree. And they said, why is that? And I says, because when you're sitting across from the table from somebody else who's got a college degree, you know it doesn't mean anything. And so the whole point about this is it's all how you look at yourself. It's not how the world looks at you. The world will respond to how you look at yourself. And Betsy is a perfect story as she's growing and growing. And as she sees herself right now, the future is nothing but bigger and better. But she knows all along the way that in terms of her pricing and how much she charges for her value, she has to keep increasing it. And the whole decision to do that starts with her own assessment of what her value is. Her customers, her clients are already telling her she's valuable. Now she has to catch up with that and the pricing has to go up with her own assessment. My name is Betsy Helmuth and I've been in business for 14 years. I own Affordable Interior Design and we're based in the New York City area. I was a solopreneur for the first seven years and then I started to take it seriously when I just got so many clients that I couldn't keep up. And then I knew that I needed business skills in addition to design skills because design could only take me so far. Now I needed to bring people on board and how do I manage people and how do I grow a business? And it's very different than just a hobby. So it really evolved and I never saw it as a business initially. And that's why it took me a while to get to coach because I kind of had to catch up. I was a bartender and was in the restaurant business for 15 years. 
And I knew I wanted to leave the restaurant business, but I didn't actually even know I wanted to be an interior designer. I never went to school for interior design. It was truly a hobby. I liked to watch HGTV. And then I liked to watch other design shows like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. And I thought that they were having a lot of fun. So I wrote to the guy from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy and said, I would like to have fun with you. I want to see what you're doing. And so he hired me as an apprentice to work for free. So I worked for him for a year while I bartended at night for free. I didn't bartend for free, but I worked for him for free. And it just kind of evolved. And so, you know, I think I would have gotten ahead faster had I had intentionality behind what I was doing. But I really just was following my passion every step of the way. I was in New York. I knew I didn't want to work from somebody at a nine to five. I wanted to make my own hours. I wanted to be on the nightlife scene without having to pay a high ticket entry to clubs so I could be a bartender. I was just following the fun and the fun led me to a career. I didn't go to interior design school. So I felt like I didn't have the expertise or the background to be doing what I was doing, but also to charge what I was charging. So it really took me a long time. You know, I was getting way underpaid. I was hand sewing people's curtains. I was going to the fabric store and picking out the fabric for their pillows and then going home at night and stitching that together. I didn't know how to charge. I didn't know that what I was able to offer, even without the validation of a school degree, was something that really did have value, that I could charge a higher price point. So I think I've been kind of catching up to that, even now that I have years of experience and I've designed 2,000 spaces. You still have to catch up to your value and say, hey, now I know what I'm worth. Now I know that I can charge a little bit more. Or now that I see what 14 years of experience has given me, there's a ton of value there. How can I package that in a different way? And how can I meet my freedom metric or reach the amount that I need to make with these skills? I was just so busy from word of mouth referrals that I couldn't keep up and I realized I needed to hire. And at that point, I was willing to run myself ragged and take as many clients as possible. But I met my husband and we got pregnant and I knew that I was going to leave for maternity leave. I wanted to be a wife and a mother for a couple months. I didn't want to be working 80 hour weeks like I was doing. And so I knew I had to hire. So I was just kind of catching up to reality each step of the way. Oh, I need to charge more. Oh, I need to hire someone. Oh, I'm still really busy. I need to hire another person. Oh, we're really busy. So I was seeing these people rave about the service, referring us right and left. I saw the value I was bringing to them because I knew how much high-end designers charge because that's where I was working initially. And I was like, wait, there's something here. But I undercharged for many years. And so when I was hiring people, it helped the business to grow much faster. That being said, as you grow and hire people, you no longer do what you were in love with, that initial passion or hobby of interior design. I now manage people, and that's a very different passion. It takes a very different skill set. And I really like it because I see myself more as a mentor. I've been in all the positions in my company. I've worn every single hat so I can speak with authority. But at the same time, I'm looking for people who can do things even better than I can. I never had a design degree. You have a design degree. I never was in sales. You have a sales background. So what can I teach you from my perspective about intimately knowing the business, but you intimately know a field? How can we merge that? So I'm constantly looking to hire people who have skill sets I don't have 
who are smarter than me in certain areas so that I can leverage their skills. And now I know a lot because by proxy, they're on my team. I have all these experts. That's been really exciting. If you're an entrepreneur who has a passion, who has a hobby, but if you don't know how to structure it into a business, I think a reason that I really excelled is that I created packages. So I did flat rate packages. This is what you're going to get. This is what I'm going to give you. This is what I know I can deliver. And those packages have been the key to my success because it's easy for me to speak about my expertise. And then they have a real clear expectation of what they're going to get, especially in a field that's artistic, like interior design or styling or any of these things, staging. It can get a little loosey-goosey. Like, how much do I get for 10 hours? And I think when you're starting out or when you're learning how to value your own services, creating these packages not only puts a limitation on what you're going to do, because mama don't sew curtains no more, (laughs) right? So I now have boundaries that allow me to manage my time, but then my clients really feel excited by that expectation. I know exactly what I paid for, and I'm really excited that she maybe even over-delivered on what she said I was going to get. Strategic coach came at the right time because I was kind of cobbling together business expertise from books and podcasts and friends and mastermind groups, but I didn't have it in a clear framework. I didn't have something I could follow. I was making it up as I go along because I don't have an MBA. I have a passion for my field of expertise, but it's not business. So it's helpful to be able to follow these modules because I just kind of surrendered to the module at Strategic Coach each and every workshop. I'm like, what am I going to learn today? I go in really blank. I'll do my homework from the previous session, but I really won't look or think ahead. And I look to Strategic Coach to tell me what to do. What's the next step? What should I be thinking about? How should I frame this? I waited a while to invest in Strategic Coach four years to be exact. Somebody told me, hey, you should check out Strategic Coach. And I was like, no, definitely not because I was intimidated by the travel factor. I live in New York City. Well, I live very close to New York City. I moved to the suburbs after we had our second kid. But I live in New York City. Everybody comes to us, like just to be really, you know, blunt about it. Everybody comes to New York City. So I'm not going to leave. I don't want to pay the extra expense of the travel, of the lodging. It's just going to mess up my schedule. And I'm a really busy entrepreneur. So I would say that that held me back for four years. And I've been traveling to Chicago now for over a year. And it is such a great break. Every time I get a little vacation out of it and a little work inspiration. So I always add a day to the end so that I can do my strategic coach homework. But then I also plan a touristy activity because I'm really not used to being a tourist. I'm in New York. I know everything. You know, that way to the Statue of Liberty. See you later. It's really cool to be in another city that has so many restaurants, so many things to see and do that each time I line something up that I'm really looking forward to. So it's not just about filling my brain. I kind of get filled up in a lot of different ways every time I come. And that's an unexpected treat. So I really look forward to it. My kids get excited. What are you going to see? What are you going to do? Tell us. We take pictures. It just becomes kind of this family rhythm because I thought of free time 
in these chunks. Like if I do an hour of work in the morning, then I'll have four hours to go to that soccer game and go to the birthday party. And then I'll do another hour of work and then I'll be really set up for the next day. And I thought of it that way versus these large blocks of time. And I thought, well, how will I ever be able to spend a whole day not thinking about my business? And it's amazing how you can just shut down that thought bubble. Something will pop up like, how's the CRM doing? Or I wonder if we captured that lead and I can immediately shut it down to be with my kids. But I also love telling my kids, they're six and eight, that mommy's going away to learn something. I tell them that I'm going to Chicago to take a really intensive class and they get super excited. Like, you have homework? What are you doing? Oh, you're up in your office doing your strategic coach homework. That's interesting. I like them hearing when I come back what I was up to. This is what I learned. This is how I'm going to talk to people from now on. This is a question I think is really interesting. What do you guys think about that question? And it's fun. Here's three points that I took away from Betsy's interview with us. And number one is that a lot of entrepreneurs don't feel worthy of the check that they're actually asking for in the marketplace. And your biggest growth as an entrepreneur is that these are even with each other, that you're always creating more value, you're always more useful, you're always more unique in what you do. And the other part of that is you have to keep your checks actually going up in line with that. And remember, the size of your check is not a problem in other people's minds. The size of the check is a problem in your mind. And the moment that you get okay with it in your mind, everybody else will just follow along. She's gone from just being a single individual out there. And so she doesn't really have a company. She just has a job where she's hired herself into a job and now she's gone she's utilized the whole concept of unique ability so betsy just does what betsy is great at and it's what she's great at that produces the bigger and bigger checks and then she's surrounded by her team that frees her up from everything except what clients and customers uniquely value her for so here's the thing if it's just you you don't actually have a business you just have a job but once you focus on your unique ability, then you have a company, and that's certainly the best job you've ever had. Number three from Betsy's stories that I love so much is her focus on passion, and that's my number one ingredient for unique ability. And I say to people, right now, when you're looking at what you're doing, where's the passion? In other words, what part of your work really has the passion to it? that you would be totally motivated to keep expanding whatever the activity is or the experience. And one of the things we do in coach is say, would that still be true 25 years from now? In other words, is the activity you're passionate about right now that totally motivates you, totally fascinates you? If you kept growing 25 years from now, would the passion still be there? Would you still be fascinated, still be motivated? And that tells you all you have to think about then for the next 25 years. And I'm sure that Betsy, 25 years from now, is going to be 10 times bigger and better at what she does. Her company is going to be a major company, and she's going to be just as passionate as she is right now about the thing that she loves doing the most for other people. And her checks are going to keep increasing to reflect the value that she actually creates.